morning, church. Uh, welcome. Happy Mother's Day to everyone. Thank you for, for joining us today. Thank you for taking some time out of your weekend to, uh, to be with us, especially you mamas out there, or those of you who were, who were dragged here by your mama. Uh, you know exactly who you are, but uh, we're grateful for, uh, for the reason. No matter the reason that you're here, we're just grateful that you are here. Uh, Eric, Kim, Will, Deb, thank you for blessing us so much in that way. Uh, doesn't your spirit come alive in music, right? Uh, music has a special way of kind of ministering to your inner, your inner self. Music has a way of kind of speaking to you in a way that, that other things can't speak to you. So thank you guys for strengthening us and serving us more than, uh, than you could ever say, ever know. Uh, last year, I remember it was around Mother's Day, uh, our oldest daughter, she was six at the time, said, that's no fair, Mother's Day, there's no such thing as Kid's Day. To which her mom replied, every day is Kid's Day. But not today, right? Today is Mother's Day. And so mothers, we honor you. We thank you. We bless you uh, today. For many, Mother's Day is a day full of, of heartfelt memories. It's a day uh, full of fun-filled gatherings. It's a day filled of uh, great memories, great food. Uh, but for some, for others, Mother's Day is actually, it's a rather difficult day. Right? From single moms to anyone who might have recently uh, lost their mom to women who are having a hard time becoming a mom. This day is filled with a lot of different emotions. Let me just pray for us to start our morning together and ask that God would bless us no matter kind of where on the, the spectrum we might, we might fall or land. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today, for a new day, a beautiful day, just a chance to be together. Thank you for the opportunity to, to worship you, God, to study your word, to be encouraged and, and strengthened through the body, through the church. Thank you for the chance to come and be infused with your spirit, God. And today, we thank you for the special opportunity we have to honor and bless the mothers amongst us. We know this is a bittersweet day uh, for, for many, God. Uh, those who have lost their mother in the last 12 months, we just pray for your comfort. For those mothers who have lost a child over the last 12 months, we ask for your comfort as well. For those who are having a difficult time trying to become a mother without any success, we ask for your patience and understanding. For those who didn't have a good relationship with or any relationship with their mother, we ask for your grace and your mercy. But on the flip side, God, there are many in this room who have great relationships with their mothers. We want to thank you for the women that you have placed in our lives, mothers, grandmothers, aunts, caregivers. These women have sacrificed for us. They have served us, and they have given us a glimpse of you and your son. Lord, for many of us, we have seen you. We have tasted of your goodness. We have experienced your grace because of our mothers. And so on a day like today, we just want to say thank you to them and thank you to you. For all of it, we give it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Excited this morning to continue our Limitless uh, uh, series on the Holy Spirit. Uh, we're almost coming to an end. Next week we will wrap this thing up on Pentecost Sunday, so I'm excited for that. But one more week, talking about the Holy Spirit, who he is, and the type of relationship that he wants to, uh, to have with us. And I do love my jacket, but I can't preach on the Holy Spirit wearing my jacket. It's just getting a little too tight. I gotta, I gotta be able to move a little bit. It's not because I've been at the gym, it's because I've had one too many donuts, all right? That's the problem. Let's talk about the Holy Spirit, shall we? I recently read about a new dating website called The J-Mom, thejmom.com. The article, as well as the website itself, man, it gave me a good laugh. If you're ever bored at work one day, type in thejmom.com and just cruise around. Uh, it'll, it'll do something to you. Not sure what, but it'll do something to you. This is basically a dating website where Jewish moms take the initiative for their single children. 
and help them find that special someone. This is for Jewish moms who have more money than patience and are tired of waiting. Here's how it works. Instead of the young single creating a dating online profile, mommy does it for you. And then, then they send it to other mommies. If another mother comes across your son or daughter's profile and, and thinks that she would enjoy hanging out with you and, and your family for the next 50 Thanksgivings, well, then she sends you a like. And she sends you her son or daughter's information. I love the tagline, matchmaking mom's way. See, the J-mom, and it makes it clear that some mothers will do just about anything to help their children settle down and get married, right? They will go to any lengths to help their children find that special someone and to develop this close, personal, intimate relationship with another person. What's crazy, well, there's a lot of things crazy about this, but what's crazy is I think God actually wants us to have that same passion, that same fervor, that same spirit, when it comes to developing a relationship with his Holy Spirit. Let me explain. Last week, Nathan did a great job talking about Galatians 5. Right at the end of this particular chapter, a man named Paul, he describes for us kind of two different categories of people, two different types of people. The first is this group, and, and these people's lives are marked by impurity and hatred. Right? Their life is filled with anger and jealousy. These people are selfish. They're self-centered. They're divisive. Their life revolves around consuming things, things that are rather fake, rather fickle, things that are going to leave them unfulfilled. They kind of look like this dead tree right here. And Paul says we don't have to look very hard to find these people, from addictions to anger, from selfishness to drunkenness. This is the default lifestyle for most people. This is what we see on the news or read about in the paper, right? These lives and these people are all around us. And if we're honest, sometimes that list even describes us, doesn't it? There are things in our life that we're, we're not proud of and ways that we act that we're not proud of. But then Paul, after describing that first group of people to us, goes on to describe a second group of people. And they're like the polar opposite of the first. This second group of people, they have lives that are filled with love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These people are full of life, and they have this special ability to bring life and to breathe life into other relationships. From laughter to love, from selflessness to righteousness, this group is so faithful, so fruitful, and, and Paul says, hopefully you have been around people like that in your own life. Hopefully you don't have to look very hard to see an example of that in your own life. It's okay to look longingly at your mother right now. Go ahead. You're welcome. I just threw that up to you. That was easy, okay? Now, if I were to ask you which type of person you would rather be, if I were to ask you which type of tree you would rather be, or better yet, if I were to ask your mom which type of person she would rather you become, what do you think she would choose? Dry and dead or alive and abundant? It's not rocket science. Is it? I highly doubt that, that there's any moms in here who want their children's lives to be marked by things like impurity, idolatry, hatred, fits of rage, envy, fake fickle pursuits, selfishness, and all those other things, right? I've never heard a mom say, oh, I am so proud of little Billy. He is an egotistical, materialistic jerk who flies off the handle, doesn't get along with anybody, and he drinks himself to sleep every night. Yeah, I've, I've never heard a mom be real proud of that. 
No, moms want their children to live in these things, right? To live in and to live out the fruit of the Spirit, right? Moms, is that, is that your desire? Is that your hope? Because you know that that list, that life, that fruitfulness, that is the best life. That is the full life. That is the abundant life that Jesus died to give you and that God originally created for you. Now what's crazy is you look at these two categories. According to Paul, these two different lifestyles, these two different, these two different uh, traits and characteristics, right? these two different trees, there's only one thing that separates them. There's only one thing that causes you to fall into one side or to the other. It all boils down to one thing. And actually, it's not just a thing. It's a person. It's called the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is that which causes and creates this drastic difference. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are the fruit of what? The Spirit. Not the fruit of hard work. Not the fruit of a good home. Not the fruit of more discipline, not the fruit of being a nice guy, not the fruit of being better than your neighbor or good enough. That's the fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the only one who can produce that kind of produce. He's the only one that can produce that kind of produce. He's the only one who can make it so that these traits, these qualities, these characteristics, they describe you in the good times and in the bad, through it all, as Kim said. The Holy Spirit is the only one who's ever going to be able to help you respond with grace and gratitude in moments of frustration or loss or disappointment instead of just griping all the time. Gripers don't have the Spirit. Those who have grace do have the Spirit. It's the only difference. It's the only difference, Paul says. The Holy Spirit is the only one who can make it so that others stop and look at you and say things like, why don't you sleep around? Like, why don't you go further with your boyfriend? Why aren't you mad right now? Why don't you try to get back at so-and-so? Why are you so faithful to her and stay in that relationship? Why don't you respond or react like everybody else? The Holy Spirit is the only one who can cause these virtues to be in your life no matter what happens to you. Look at Zechariah 4.6. Not by might nor by power, simply by my spirit, says the Lord. Not by might or by power, not by your own efforts, not by trying harder, not by doing all these other things. None of that will work. What will work is the Holy Spirit. So you don't develop more patience by gritting your teeth, counting to ten, and saying, I'll be more patient, I'll be more patient, I'll be more patient. That's not how you develop more patience. You develop more patience by growing closer to the Holy Spirit. You don't develop more purity or self-control by turning a blind eye to things or running away from all the temptations that are around you. You develop more self-control as you grow closer to the Holy Spirit. You don't probe the depths of love after reading all the Nicholas Sparks books. You probe the depths of love by growing in your intimacy with the Spirit. It all boils down to the Spirit. A blessed life or a broken life. One difference Filled with the Spirit or not filled with the Spirit? That's why Paul is so adamant. Paul's like a J-mom. He's like, what is it going to take to get you to have a relationship with the Spirit? I will do whatever I can to help you develop a relationship. With you want me to set up your dating profile online? Sure. Paul talks again and again and again about having a relationship with the Spirit. Look at how he describes it himself. Galatians 5. Since we live by the Spirit, 
Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Earlier in the chapter, Galatians 5.15, therefore walk by the Spirit. In Ephesians 4.30, Paul tells us, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. This is all relational language. This is all intimate, personal connection type of language because Paul wants you to have a personal, intimate connection with the Spirit. He's not saying plug into the Spirit. He doesn't say put to use the Spirit. He says love the Spirit. Develop a love relationship with the Spirit and amazing things will happen. You want so badly for love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all those things to be in your life, you don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, it's impossible for those things to ever be in your life. They come when he comes. And when he shows up, he brings all those things to the party. See, Paul says, the Holy Spirit's not someone that we talk about. He's not someone that we simply have to read about. He's not someone that we simply have to reference or refer to. He's someone that we can have an intimate, dynamic relationship with. And so Paul, but really it's God himself, has this desire, like those J-moms, for you to be in an intimate relationship with the Spirit. He wants you to have this personal, close, intimate connection to his Spirit. Because when you have that relationship, then your life will be filled with all of these other things. I mean, think about it. Through it all? We just saying through it all. I was kind of overcome. Through it all? Really? Through the cancer? Through the divorce? Through the loss of a child? Through that, through all of that, I will say thank you. I will have joy. I will have peace. I will be overcome with gratitude through it all. Are you kidding me? What will our world say? Through it all, you go into a pretty dark place. Through it all, you kind of want to end it all. What's the difference? The Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is in, you can go through it all and have all of those traits and virtues no matter what. It's a promise, it's a guarantee. I recently saw a video. It perfectly describes this relationship, what this relationship looks like, what this intimate connection to God's spirit might feel like. The videos of a little boy who has massive physical and mental disabilities. He's never been able to run, never been able to play. He's never been able to kick a soccer ball around until today. Watch this. <laughs> Que que eles estão a fazer, Dani? Que que eles estão a jogar? See, that's what it looks like to walk by the Spirit. That's what it feels like to be so connected to God's Holy Spirit that his movements are your movements. And when you're that connected, what comes naturally? Joy. When you're walking that closely with him, what comes naturally? Peace. What comes naturally? The 10th fruit of the Spirit, which is spit and drool, because I have it too. So does that little guy. Right? When you are so close to the Spirit, all of his fruits come naturally. You don't have to work to try to produce them. You don't have to work to try to get more of them in your life. They just come. And God wants you to have that relationship so badly. When you are connected to the Spirit, when you are friends with the Spirit, when you have fellowship with the Spirit, then the fruits of the Spirit will naturally flow. Like the boy in the video, you're not going to have to hold back. It'll just come out. So think about this. Your impatience problem, it's not because you lack patience or you have a short fuse. 
It's because you're not intimately connected to the Holy Spirit. Your impurity problem, it's not because your mind wanders or you think nasty thoughts. That's not, that's not the problem. The problem is you're not intimately connected to the Holy Spirit. Self-control, stressed out, whatever it might be, it's not because of that. It's because you're lacking in the intimacy with the Spirit. So I want you to think about this. Just a little side note here, a tangent thought. The fruit of the Spirit then, whenever you see those things, whenever you see love, whenever you see joy, whenever you see peace, whenever you see all those things, that is God. That is God at work. Last couple of weeks we've been talking about the, the gifts of the Spirit and how God works in these miraculous ways in us and through us. And we see miracles. We see healing. We see all this cool stuff. We're like, that's God. That's so, that's so cool. And like the fruit's like, oh, that's nice. No, no, no. The fruits are just as important and just as miraculous as the gifts. When you see somebody who's joyful in a moment when they shouldn't be, that's God at work. When you see somebody who has so much peace in a moment when their world is crashing down around them, that is the Holy Spirit at work. Are you with me? That's not how they should be responding. That's not natural. That's not normal. That's of God. So next time you see somebody, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, you got to stop and be like, God, it's good to see you, God. God, thank you for moving in them. Thank you for moving through them because you are seeing God as you see people experience and exude the fruits. So this morning, I'm going to kind of be like a J-mom and give you some relational advice. I want you to have a relationship with the Spirit. I want to do whatever I can to help you grow in your intimacy with this person, the third person of the Trinity, the third person of the Godhead. So I've got some relational advice for you. I I thought relational advice on Mother's Day would be pretty appropriate. What do you think? All right, let's see. Let's see how it turns out. Now, when it comes to developing this relationship, the best advice I can give you is actually advice I hope your mother has never given you. I'm going to actually give you really bad relational advice as it pertains to every other relationship except for the Holy Spirit. See, Beck and I were talking about this the other night. When it comes to the Holy Spirit, you actually have to do some things that come uh, a little unnaturally to you. You've got to go, go with things that, that go against the flow, if you will. They seem counterintuitive and counterproductive, and they are in other relationships, but not with the Spirit. So maybe that's why many of us are struggling to develop a relationship with the Spirit. Sorry, I just said that really fast. I was like, I don't, I don't think I took a breath right there. Anyway. We're struggling to develop a relationship with the Spirit because what it takes to do that is actually things that we wouldn't do or actually things we wouldn't do in other relationships. Let me give you an example. The first piece of relationship advice with the Spirit. Let passion consume you. When when my girls are dating, I will never tell them that, okay? Their mother will never tell them that. This is not good relational advice right here, except when it comes to developing a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Uncontrolled, unrestrained passion, yeah, not good at the high school and college level. But it's great at the Holy Spirit level. Look at Romans 12, 11. Never, ever, ever be lacking in zeal. But keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. This verse could literally be translated, be aglow in the spirit. See, when you read about the early church, that first group of of disciples in Acts chapter two, man, even throughout the entire book of Acts, the words lame and tame, yeah, they're not found anywhere. 
The words bland and boring, they're never used to describe that group of people. Those men and women were so filled with the Holy Spirit, so connected to him, like that little boy in the video, that their lives were filled with passion, filled with zeal. One author says they had great gusto for God. See, that first church, they never had to hear a sermon on the importance of sharing your faith. First church never had to hear a sermon on the importance of giving away your stuff. First person, uh, the first century church never had to uh, have a sermon on why it's important to have exuberant praise or why it's important to share the, the gospel. That's what happens when you're filled with zeal. It just happens naturally. Pastor Francis Chan is the first one that pointed this out to me, but I think it's a great point. We read about the first century church and all the things that they did, and, and what do we do with that? We label it, don't we? We call those things radical. We call what that first century church did like extreme and the first century church would turn to us and say, don't call it radical. That should be normal. Don't call what we did in the first century radical. That should be normal for Christians everywhere. From praying over complete strangers, selling all their extra stuff to help people in need, singing out loud in the darkest of moments, standing on the street corner and just preaching the gospel, the early church was aglow with the Spirit. I'm just afraid that things have changed, right? Think about this, church. We actually try to, we, we try to mellow out people that are a little too excited about their faith, don't we? If you get a little too expressive or a little too exuberant, what do we do? We either like move away slowly, like, I gotta go to the restroom. Or if we stand next to them for a while, we, we, we tend to maybe speak negatively about them. We try, to, we try to bring these people who are super excited about their faith, who are talking about doing crazy things for the Lord, we try to bring these people back down to earth, don't we? Why do we do that? We're not supposed to bring people back down to earth. We're supposed to bring heaven to earth. And it's probably going to take a little bit of passion, a little bit of excitement, a little bit of exuberance in order to do that. Don't calm people down. Don't mellow them out. Jump on board. Get excited with them. He wants all of us to have our, the radical of the New Testament be our normal. So take a second for me and, and just evaluate in your own life. Evaluate your zeal for the Lord. Take a second and assess your spiritual fervor. If you had to rank it, if you had to rate it, if you had to put it on some colored sheet or some, some numbered chart, where would you be? Never lack in zeal. Paul says. So are you as excited about what God is doing in your life as you are about all the hobbies that fill your life? You as excited about that? Are you as passionate about the growth of this church as you are about running that marathon, climbing that mountain, losing 20 pounds? Are you as excited about that? Are you as excited to tell people about Jesus as you are about telling them about your new home improvement project or the award your kid just won? Are you as excited about that? I mean, really, how zealous for God are you? And if I have to ask, then chances are you're not. But I know you guys. I know you can get excited. I see what you post on Facebook. I hear you talking out in the foyer. I watch you on Bronco Sundays. I know you can get excited. The question is, are we getting excited about the right things? Are we zealous for and about the right things? The presence of the Spirit throughout the Scripture is often depicted through fire. Right? We've talked about this several months ago now. 
Well, what happens to a fire in a contained area if you let it be, if you leave it alone? What naturally happens with that? It goes out. You have to tend it, don't you? You have to add fuel to it. Maybe that's why Paul says throughout the scripture, fan into flame the gift of the Spirit. He came upon you when you first became a Christian, whether you grew up in the church your whole life or, or, or just knew him at that one moment. You were passionate. You were excited. You were all in for a second. You've got to fan into flame that fervor. You with me? You've got to sing out loud. You've got to pray over people. You've got to do courageous things. You've got to let your passion consume you. The Spirit is a passionate person. The Spirit is so passionate about Jesus. Everything he does is about Jesus. If you're connected to him that close like that little boy, then everything you do will be about Jesus. You with me? You have to let your passion consume you. And church, the fact that we're not very passionate in here scares me. Because if we're not passionate in here, there is no way we'll ever be passionate out there. This is the place to let it go, let it go. Don't hold it back anymore. Let it go. Let your passion go. This is a safe place. We won't make fun of you for that long if you get that excited, okay? We won't talk about you on Facebook, not by name, just pictures, okay? But the Spirit says, if you want to have a relationship with me, which means that you have all those fruits that I bring, that the Spirit brings along, then you have to let passion consume you. Because he is a passionate guy. He is a passionate God. And to grow in your relationship with him, you've got to be the same. Second bad piece of advice I want to give you is this. Be overly sensitive. Again, you would never tell someone in the dating scene to be this or to do this, right? Overly sensitive people typically don't make good husbands or good wives. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, the opposite is true. Sensitivity is exactly what he's looking for. Look at Ephesians 5, 15. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity. Because the days are crazy and evil and dark. One of the most powerful ways to strengthen your relationship with the Spirit, to hook up with the Holy Spirit, if you will, is to constantly be aware of the opportunities that He's placing in front of you. To constantly be aware of the things that He is asking you to do. I call these Holy Spirit prompting. It's the way that He guides you and leads you. It's that still, small voice in your head Right? And, and when you're walking with the Spirit, when you're connected to the Spirit, you're going to start hearing this voice and being prompted in these ways in, in the most random of places. You'll be standing in line at the grocery store, and all of a sudden you'll have this thought, and I should talk to that lady in front of me, maybe help her out with her groceries. You know what you should do in that moment? Talk to that lady and help her out with her groceries. You'll be driving in the car, right? And all of a sudden you'll be like, man, I should call Cousin Bill. You know what you should do in that moment? Call Cousin Bill. You'll be at church, you'll be like, man, I should really pray for so-and-so. I should ask somebody to pray over me. You know what you should do? Pray and ask for prayer. You have to make the most of every moment. Make the most of every opportunity. It's responding to the Spirit. It's being sensitive to the Spirit. He wants to see if you'll be faithful with those little nuggets, those little promptings, those little asks, if you will. And I guarantee you, you'll become more and more in tune with them, and more and more of them will come. And your day will be changed forever when you're more sensitive to the Spirit's promptings. You see, greater knowledge, knowing more about God, never results in a greater spirituality, never results in greater intimacy. 
In fact, the Bible says knowledge puffs up. So we know about God. We know a lot about God. We can listen to so many podcasts, read so many Christian books. I mean, Mardell's, you can learn all you want to know about God. Well, knowledge doesn't do it. Responding to God's promptings is what does it. Being in a close, personal, intimate relationship with him, where you hear him, where you respond to him, where you act on behalf, that's how you grow in your intimacy, God. Guys, I don't know what I just said. Now, I'm all for knowledge. I'm all for teaching. I'm all for gaining wisdom and insight. But church, you have to be overly sensitive. You have to start responding to those promptings and those urges. You have to let him guide you. And when you do, you will grow so much closer to him and those fruits will start to be produced in your life. So every time you think or feel, man, I should really, well, do it. Pick up that piece of trash at the park. Call your mom. Bring wife, bring wife, bring Bring dinner to your wife or bring your wife to dinner. That would work too. Don't know if you're going alone, but turn the game off and go help put the kids to bed. Right? Applaud the preacher for his amazing sermon. Whatever you feel like doing, oh, 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 well, yes, yes. No, no, that was a Thomas prompting, okay, not a spirit prompting. But I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Whenever you feel, sense, or prompted to do something, say something, be a part of something, do it. Just do it. Be overly sensitive and you'll grow in your relationship with the Spirit. Finally, the last piece of advice I want to share with you, the last piece of bad advice, is throw caution to the wind. Again, horrible in most contexts. But perfect when it comes to the Spirit. Romans 8, 14 says this, For those who are led by the Spirit of God, well, they're children of God. And the Spirit, capital S Spirit you received, does not make you slaves so that you live in fear yet again. 2 Timothy 1.7, for the Spirit God gave us. He does not make us timid. He gives us power, love, and self-discipline. See, whether we realize it or not, fear is controlling and dominating most of our lives. I've told you this story before, but it's perfect for this setting. A mother was making dinner one night and needed a can of green beans down in the basement. So she asked her six-year-old son, would you run downstairs into the basement and grab me a can of the green beans? He said, but mom, the basement's dark and cold and scary. I don't want to go down there. He says, just go down to the basement and give me a can of green beans already. Mom, I don't, I don't want to do it. I'm terrified of going down there. He says, son, Jesus will be with you down in the basement. So he goes over to the doorway and the stairwell leading down. He says, Jesus, if you're in there, throw me the green beans. <laughs> but most of us are not doing certain things because we're afraid. Whether we even realize it or not, fear is controlling us. And I say that for, for several reasons. One is I say it because the scripture speaks about fear more than any other trait or characteristic or problem that we face. You know what Jesus said more often than he did about love? Fear. Not. Do not be afraid. That is something that he said more than anything else. Why? Because so many of us are controlled by fear. And I also say that because our society runs off of our fears. It plays off of our fears. If you think about most of the products that you and I are sold on a daily basis, the, the motivation behind buying that product, it's fear. Watch the commercials with, with kind of a new lens now. They're trying to scare you into something so you'll buy whatever something it is that they're selling. 
It's like you should really be afraid for the safety of your home and your stuff and your kids. So you need to buy blank, 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 blank. You should really fear that you're not going to look pretty enough when you get older or that your, your number or nest egg is not going to be big enough when you get older. So you better buy blank, 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 blank. Right? So many products are based on our fears. So many of us are driven by fears, and it happens in the church. That fear that we, that we live in in the world, it comes into the church. So we're afraid to admit to anybody that we're really struggling with something, that sin is wreaking havoc in our lives. So we don't say anything. We never confess. We never repent. And fear dominates us. We're so afraid to share our faith with other people, to say, I want to make Jesus a priority. We're afraid to tell our family, like, he's number one now. Get on board or don't get on board. We're afraid to talk to other people at work or at school about Jesus. And so fear dominates us. We're afraid to do what God asks us to do, to give up something, to start doing something. We're afraid to go all in. We're afraid. And so fear continues to control, uh, completely dominate us. Church, if you want to grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit, you have to live in freedom and not fear. So many songs this morning, we're talking about our freedom in the Lord. You have to let go of your fears. Stop caring about what other people think. Stop thinking worst case scenario. Stop assuming it won't work or they won't respond to it. Stop being timid. Do you understand? You have been given a spirit of power, not a spirit of timidity. So you have to live in and live out this freedom. you got to throw caution to the wind if you want to grow closer to the Holy Spirit. Although I think what the J-moms are, are doing is a little overboard. hope that my mom never thinks about doing something like that for me. Well, I'm married. so Anyway, sorry, that was a bad analogy. And I'm not Jewish. Anyway, okay, so... It's a little extreme, it's a little out there, it's a little odd, a little weird, but in all honesty, I wonder if that's not the heart, the spirit, the drive, the desire that God wants us to have when it comes to developing a relationship with his spirit. Go to any lengths, go to any extreme, do whatever it takes to grow in your intimacy with the spirit because when that happens, so many other wonderful things will happen as well. When you bring him and invite him into your life, you will start to experience life now and forever in a way you've never thought possible. That's the promise. That's the hope. Let me pray that over you and we'll get you out of here. God, we thank you so much for today. And we just ask, Father, that the gift you have given us, the gift of the Holy Spirit, that we would fan into flame that gift and that relationship. Many of us don't even realize that we can have a relationship with your spirit. And so I pray that, that this week, even starting this afternoon, God, we would start to develop that relationship. We'd start to grow in our connection to the spirit. But like that little boy in the video, we'd be so connected to you, Father, that where you went, we went. When you stayed, we stayed. When you moved, we moved. That your actions and your attitude and your heart and your hope, Lord, they would become ours. That we'd be so close to you, Father, that your fruits and your joy and your passion and your love would just naturally flow in and flow out of us, God. Make it so. Please make it so. Help us to... Uh, throw caution to the wind, help us to be sensitive to the Spirit, and help us to be passionate for the Spirit. Break down whatever barriers are hindering us in any three of those areas, God. Help us to grow closer to Him so we can be closer to You. Make it so. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Hey, in honor of Mother's Day, we've got some little seed packets out there that the youth are going to be handing out to you moms. Go ahead and grab one or two on your way out. Just a little thank you for being here and a way, hopefully, for you to remember the fruit and the life of the Spirit. Have an amazing day. Be strong and courageous.